everybody. Welcome back. This is Fig and Lock Coast to Coast. I'm Mr. Fig. And I'm Mr. Lock. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? How's your week going? I'm doing all right, man. Week's going okay. Not bad. Not bad week. Uh, lots of obscure news. Nothing um, major has been happening in the world. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to, um, you know, Brittany Griner coming back home. You know, she was out there in time American come American comes home is a good thing. So um that was good. You know, um seeing some of the seeing some of the DC news. The DC news uh has been very I don't know, shaky at best. There's not nothing hard in stone. I saw that they were talking about scrapping Wonder Woman three because the uh the script that Patty wrote apparently has Trevor once again coming back again and it's like is it wonder woman 3 or is it trevor 3 like what are we getting here like he comes back and there's a lazarus pit and there's some people and is that and like warner brothers took a pen to it and was kind of like no we're not doing that again and then i guess they said that um was it called uh was avatar apparently avatar 3 scripts already written and like they said it's amazing like the they're like this is amazing film so like Avatar 2, has it came out yet or has it come out yet? It comes out next week. Yeah. Uh, so like, December Avatar 19th. Written and they were like, this is, the best, this is the best thing in the world. I'm like, how is this possible? What are y'all doing? Well, I mean, James Cameron apparently has been writing um, 2 and 3 for some time now. That's why it took so long. Because I can't even remember when Avatar came out. It was so long ago. Um, but uh, was at best. Yeah, so... He's been writing these for a while, so I mean, I how I mean, given the fact that he's had almost a decade to write them, they better be good. Although, you know, I mean, uh, although George Lucas had almost twenty years to write his prequel trilogy, and those struggled <laughs> pretty heavily. So, but I mean, James James Cameron is a much better writer director than than George Lucas, so um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh, the Wonder Woman three thing is is hilarious to me. Patty Jenkins has been two for two now on on uh, getting canceled because she was supposed to do a movie for Lucasfilm. She was gonna do Red Squadron or Rogue Squadron, which looked awesome. Like, well, at least the concept was gonna be awesome. I mean, she the whole way she was kind of pitching it was her dad was a fighter pilot, so she's like, I want to do a fighter pilot movie in space. Like, the whole idea was gonna be like, it was gonna be like Top Gun but Star Wars. And that actually sounds, sounds good. That sounds right. awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I loved the game X-Wing on PC back in the day in Tie Fighter. So I mean, that there is that that's just a great property to play with. But apparently, I don't know what happened there. But that project got is either has been canceled altogether or is it on def- indefinite hold. And I think part of that was because they saw how Wonder Woman two performed. Um, Wonder Woman two is no great film whatsoever. I mean, you go a whole you almost go an hour and 20 minutes without any action whatsoever. It's just them wandering around Washington DC in like 1985 or something. Um so yeah, that movie struggled hard. Wonder Woman 2 is easily probably one of the worst superhero movies I've ever watched. It's bad. And I mean, it's 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 there's nothing like there's nothing redeemable about it. I mean, it looks cool. Like I mean, visually it looks cool, but it's just the rest of it is just a hot mess. Um, yeah, the only redeemable quality is that Gal Gadot looks like Wonder Woman, and you're like, all right, so she, I believe she's Wonder Woman. When I see it, I believe it, but it's just, it's a bad guy who gets away. Like, I don't understand how this even works. Like, he literally destroys the Earth world 
it comes back together, and then he walks off with his son. Like, wait a minute, he walks off with his son? I don't even Very remember confused. the. I don't even remember the movie. I I watched it the one time, and that was it. I do. I, I do. Only thing I remember about it that was significant. I thought was significant in my mind was after the opening action scene. There's no action in that movie for an hour and twenty minutes. And that movie is long as hell. It's like two and a half hours. So like you go almost a whole, half the movie without any kind of superhero action in it whatsoever. And I just remember that um, that struck me, considering that superhero films try to have a fairly healthy beat of action, you know, every you know fifteen twenty minutes to kind of keep things moving. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman. It just it it fell on its face bad. Even like Cheetah. Yeah, exactly. And I tell you, it's not even wasn't it wasn't even that she had a bad performance cuz uh, what's right. her name? Um from Saturday Night Live. Um her name's escaping me right now, but she was actually pretty good in it, I thought. And that was like her first like real straight role, you know, not non-comedic role. So Yeah, non-comedic, yeah. Um so yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm actually kind of glad to see that Gunn is reviewing these scripts a little more closely. And is you know really like and that, that I mean that's the thing that's what has made Marvel so successful is that Kevin Feige like he's involved in like he gives a lot of the, the writers a lot of latitude but if he feels it's gonna take it off the rails he'll squash it pretty quick so it's good that James Gunn is in there uh, to provide some continuity and some um, uh, a, a direction. Uh, and but I was I was also seeing reporting too that was talking about how Wonder Woman 3's cancellation was also linked to the fact that they're kind of putting they're prioritizing Superman, and that they were trying to put like get that script right and get that that into production, so that that's another part of why they kind of cleared the slate a little bit. Yeah, there is a lot of that. I mean, DC's in a weird spot, and I hope that we hear something of like in stone the next two weeks. Because 2023, I won't say it's a make or break year, but it's definitely going to be the comeback since I think DC's been pretty quiet this year with only Black Adam. With only Black Adam, and they thought Black Adam was going to save everything. And they made, a, as you said, they made a decent film, but it's not like, it's not world, it's not the game changer, uh, Civil War, uh, Marvel Civil War thing, or Endgame, or... Uh, it's not one of those films. It's not even on the level of the Batman, um, where the Batman you could tell that uh oh this is some real hype. It's is now this is hype. We got this. Uh, but I, I think with twenty twenty three you got you have Aquaman coming out. You got the yeah the Flash, which they moved it up like two weeks. That's the reset, you know. And then James Gunn um, did that poster of Blue Beetle, so we're gonna see something of Blue Beetle. Um, so I, it, it's interesting. He's he's gonna be the guy in charge. Uh, you got the weebs out there that are hardcore Zack Snyder fans. Like bring Zack Sna- Zack back and like, uh, no, I'd rather between Zack Snyder or James Gunn. I'm taking James Gunn for a, a superhero film. Like if I if I want a superhero film that's gonna give me fun and quick enjoyment, James Gunn usually does a good job of giving you a tight hour 30 minutes or two hour film you know what i mean i don't want i don't need no epics of like looking at the countryside a sunset a mountain range um you know the city skyline and all that gives me an hour of fluff that doesn't give me an actual film of something else like that zach would might give me and i'm not knocking zach i like zach snyder films 
But if I, I think if I had to match Zack Snyder and James Gunn, James Gunn outbeats him in like making like superhero films. So you know it, we'll see how it turns out. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh, it's good on him to shut that project down. Uh, there was a still photo of like a, a snippet scene, not a scene, but it's like you can see a still shot of the Joker two film. Uh, if you look online, there's a picture of him getting like shaved, whatever. I guess he's in the pen. He's getting shaved. So the part two is supposed to be a musical. And I don't think it's, a, I don't know if it's a musical or not. We'll, we'll have to see. But everybody says it's a musical. Gaga's in it. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I think the other piece of interesting reporting that came out of this week, too, related DC News, was um, there. there's talk. I don't know how reliable this is, but I saw a report on Facebook that was saying that um, there's consideration in place for a reset where um, Jason Momoa might be Lobo. I saw that. So my, I, I, I didn't think it was like – it was like more like scuttlebutt. It's like – because they were talking about like – can't people play multiple roles and then like they show Chris Evans who played the human torch and then he played Captain America. So I think the distinction there though is, I mean, now it's all part of the the Marvel multiverse, but at the time, like that was like the fantastic four was like, that was a, a Fox property. And since it wasn't part of the MCU, it didn't matter now that, Disney has acquired all that, and that's now part of the multiverse. That is kind of interesting that Chris Evans could conceivably play both Captain America and the Human Torch if they want to do that, right? Because um, mm-hmm. they've shown that they're doing that with the X Men. Like, like we know that the Fox, like the Fox Marvel universe, matters because you know Patrick Stewart was in Multiverse of Madness, reflect you know representing the X Men so, as Professor X. So I mean that those things aren't. They're not to be dismissed. Now that being said, it's interesting. I, I love the idea of Jason Momoa being Lobo. I think that if anyone, should, if, if that's if he should be cast as anybody going forward, he probably should have been cast first and foremost as Lobo because he Lobo he right. plays Aquaman like Lobo. Lobo. Like that's the thing. Yeah. So Lobo is definitely what he should be playing. This it is a cigar and a motorcycle, and there you go. Yeah. So I'm kind of cons. cons- I'm curious to see how they would pull that off. That that, and maybe they just you just have a, you know, a multiverse where Momoa plays both the Aquaman and he plays Lobo. And it, so I don't know. DC's got a lot of sort not to do. I think James Gun, James Gunn's the right guy to navigate those waters. Um, I love what he did with Suicide Squad too. I mean, it's still not one of my favorite DC movies, but it's still it's better than the first one. And then um, I like what he did with Peacemaker. I thought I mean, Peacemaker on HBO Max is so good. It's, it's really like, good. If you guys have not seen Peacemaker, I recommend watching it. It's good. Uh, you know, John Cena's not bringing me nothing that I've never seen before. He's not going to blow your mind with his acting. But James Gunn doesn't ask him to do too much. And I think that's I think that's the key. I think that's why I felt when I when I gave a good review of Aquaman the movie, I thought it was good because Jason Momoa wasn't asked to do too much. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa was awkward, bro. Hey, you're awkward, bro. Be awkward, bro. And he was awkward, bro. And they let the story and everything else carry him to the finish, you know. And I think on like Peacemaker, hey, Peacemaker, John Cena, be John Cena, and we will surround you with interesting characters, a very interesting storyline. The storyline is very interesting. I was like, wait a minute, I'm very confused. I was like intrigued by this whole alien butterfly thing they were doing. You know, and it was like you could tell James Gunn was digging into his like slither 
beginning oh was sure like how yeah, gross yeah. it was it was mm-hmm. gross and kind of gory and stuff like that and it wasn't afraid of this it wasn't afraid to take risks the show take a lot of risks and it, it, it paid off and he found his wife on there too so why not yeah well i think it helps too that um you know, it was on HBO Max, right? Because being on HBO gives you a lot of liberty to do things um, at the you know rated R level that you wouldn't be able to do on, like, say, a Disney Plus or if DC had still had their or still had their streamer um, before they got roped into the HBO Max thing. I'm not even sure you could have done that on on the DC app, but yeah, being on HBO Max app helps. you would because DC app had like the what's that Doom Patrol. And Doom Patrol had like full on frontal boobs on like. Oh really? I've never watched Doom Patrol. I never really captured my. I I, even I have to admit there's there's become a limit to my superhero, um, intake, um, because there's so much of it out there now that if uh if it's not a property I'm already interested in or, uh, it doesn't have a certain level of hype or word of mouth that says that I should watch this, then I'm probably not gonna watch it right now. There's just too much out there. Yeah, Um, I'm not knocking. It's true. Before used to be like a. Every six months, you would get like a movie, maybe once a year movie. So you're like, oh wow, it's a superhero movie, and you kind of it was good with it because it was a superhero movie with a Star Wars movie, and it was able to squash it down. Now it's like seasonal, and I think with Disney Plus, kind of Disney Plus saturated the market because now you're having you have uh, you would have Endgame, then you have uh, you have uh, was it WandaVision. They have this and that, and you're just all—it's just continuous. Wham, wham, wham. You got, you had, um, uh, what's that dude with the the movie with the twelve rings? I forgot what's called. Um, oh, uh, Shang, uh, Shang, yeah. Shang, uh, Shang Chi. Around the same um, time it was happening, you had Hawkeye. You had Hawkeye, and you had the Captain, the new Captain America series, and so it's a lot. It's an oversaturation. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I enjoyed all of it. It's good, right? But it's yeah, like but you're it, not. Even... You don't have that urge. Like I gotta watch it because it's like prime entertainment. I need. Yeah, to see and now I, like, now, and I think DC. I'm uh, not DC. I'm sorry. Even Disney, I think, is beginning to see that they've. It's too much because I think they they recently come out came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna do quality over quantity." Because I think they even they realized that the quality like Multiverse of Madness I think suffered to a degree um, because of the fact that this, the market was just so saturated they they were stringing them they 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 had too many too many pokers in the fire and they just stretched themselves thin and I think that's why the quality suffers a little bit especially when it comes to like Thor um, you know uh, Love and Thunder I would be thinking Moon Knight. Moon Knight was actually I still like Moon Knight a lot. I thought, uh, but a lot I thought, of people thought, did not. Um, it didn't get the buzz like I would be thinking because like uh, uh, the guy Isaac's Isaac, Oscar right? is it Oscar Isaac's right? Yeah, Oscar Isaac. Dude, he's a he great, was he's a good actor. He was on fire in that movie in that show, but dude. No, I heard there's like there would be no buzz on like I can't wait for the next episode to come out this week. It wasn't that. Well, I think it was. It was just... I think that show also competed with another show that was happening at the same time. Was it um? Oh, I think it came out the same time as um, it was out. I think the same time as Obi Wan. So everybody was talking about Obi Wan, and nobody was talking about. And that's like Moon Knight. I think uh, I remember seeing that Moon Knight had like the lowest ratings of all of them. But again, at the same time when you're competing with Obi Wan, that's a hard that's a hard competition. I think they even came out on the. I think they were both. I think one came out on a Wednesday and one came out on a Thursday or something like that, if I remember correctly. That's, that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, so I think that's even Disney's like they're trying to they're trying to stretch the stretch the gap between their their Star Wars properties and their Marvel properties coming out at the same time. 
because the same people are watching the same audience is watching them and it is hard for the audience to kind of like give their attention to it. now that being said i think they timed andor perfectly because andor was like the only thing uh i think andor came out right following she hulk and it is by far the it was i still think it's one it's the best thing on tv not just the I'm best hearing, star wars thing, but it's really like one of the best things on tv I'm hearing I'm hearing good view, I'm hearing good reviews. Oh, about dude, it's it, so good, you know, man! Because it's like it's, a spy it has like a spy thing to it, right? Visually, it looks visually it looks different than anything we've ever seen. The tone is different. Um, it's not like we've I think since since the prequels, we've gotten used to kind of a in the in the Clone Wars cartoon show, we've kind of gotten used to a certain tone and feeling to how Star Wars looks and sounds and. And it's been a little, it's a little more juvenile because it's very more focused toward children at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas this show is straight up adults. This is an adult spy drama. It is dealing with adult themes. It is. It's just. It just. I've talked to. It's funny too because I have a friend. We we you know we have a group we meet every Thursday and his his family is big Star Wars fans and talking to the kids they're like yeah you know I'm not really into it it doesn't really capture me but I can and I can totally understand that because there's not it takes three episodes to build up to an action sequence. There's not a ton of like star Wars action that kids I think are used to. This is very much a, like it's a slow burn each it's, it's broken up into three episode arcs and it's, you're there to listen to the dialogue and write and like just ride along with these characters. And you, and it comes to a head every three episodes and it's just so good. It, so that's the one you don't want to sleep on. That's a show you so- usually want to watch. So that right there is taking more chances. Say again, buddy, you came broken. We've talked about like taking chances. Like sometimes these studios are really scared to take chances on ideas. And it sounds like they took a chance on doing something different than all the other ones from like Rogue, uh, Rogue One to, you know, Han Solo, Obi-Wan, they said, we're going to do this with the same Star Wars area, Star Wars movie area, Star Wars universe, and did a different story, and it worked out. They're like, it, it, uh, it's a different take. It's a different direction. It's like, it's fresh. That's why when you were saying that, hey, you was kind of excited for the Patty Jenkins idea for the Rogue Squadron, she's telling a story of a fighter pilot in the Rogue Squadron, uh, Rogue Scott, Squadron, it it was fresh to you and it, it intrigued you and I think sometimes we need fresh ideas and the ideas are sometimes become stale because it's the same 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 and we're kind of like we don't want to see the same always well, give us something a little different. Well, I think I kind of commend the Joker movie itself because Joker movie trying to do something a little different. Yeah, well, I think too it just feels more real too. And I'm not saying like realistic. I'm just saying it just feels more relatable right i think the reason why star wars appealed to so many people when it first came out in the 70s it was this idea of this used future you know nothing it wasn't super clean and sterile like people can see themselves in that environment because that's how the world is like you know you don't step outside and like the you know everything's not bright and shiny it's like like you know garbage there's garbage trucks and there's cabs and there's like it's just it's very used and lived in and what was great about Andor is that everyone that was in that show was just a was just a person fighting for their lives, right? Like these weren't, you know, these weren't Jedi with like fantastical powers. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, these um, these these weren't. It wasn't like these people who had everything kind of together. They were like 
everyone was kind of figuring out this rebellion and you can it was just a real authentic spy drama like you could see this you know th you could see this like playing out in real life in like world war ii or or you know um in an insurgency or something it just felt more real uh you know there's something fantastical about it, fantastical about it um you know aside from the set pieces obviously set which are set in space where uh whereas like when you look at like the you know the the main trilogy or the main saga you know you're dealing with these people who have all these fantastical powers and you know they're riding around these giant spaceships and you know there's there's droids and everything else where this was like a just a guy like a small band of people trying to figure it out like the, even the droid that's in there is like it looks like he's he's basically a he's almost kind of like a uh um like like, like a Roomba i mean he's just you know, I mean, it's not like he's he doesn't he's not like R two D two that has the that's kind of the MacGuffin that has the answer to everything, right? Like he's just this kind of this companion that goes with them, and he can fill he fills a gap here every, every every now and then. He's even more like a dog in some degree in some ways, and less of a robot. But okay, but yeah, I mean, it just feels more real. Like you can relate to it more because uh, these are just normal people living their lives, and they begin to realize that hey, you know, my life is not great, and it's not. And a large part of that is because of this thing called the Empire that's you know, like taking over the galaxy. It's it's interesting. It's good. It's 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 compelling. It's a compelling story. So. Okay. All right. Well. Well. Like we're talking about things we don't watch right now. Like what are things that uh what are you watching right now? Like what's uh. So what, what's what's been catching your eye of late? I mean, you heard you already heard of how I feel about Yellowstone. Yellowstone is still my my passion show right now. Um, I can't wait till tomorrow night. Uh, I finally caught up on the last two or the last three episodes of Rick and Morty. I forgot because they went on hiatus and they came back with three new episodes. So I caught up on those while I was away and those are really good. And then uh, I watched the peripheral uh, while I was away. I watched that on the flight back. That's interesting. Um, it's really well. It's a really well filmed show. It's really well acted. Uh, it's the people that made Westworld. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's visually, it's just absolutely stunning. It's based on a book, apparently. I didn't realize this, but there's a book called The Peripheral. It's based on. Um, it's uh, you know, without giving away too much, but the whole idea is that um, this girl, or, or I should say, her family, gets recruited to um, to go into what she thinks is a game to help uh, earn some money for her family. But it uh, it turns out that it's not a game. It's actually real. And it's time, and it it time travels her consciousness into the future. So like, there's like you, uh, so you you kind of switch back and forth between um, Earth in 2099 and Earth at 2032, uh, and um, there's some conflict and some linkages that are happening in between these two time frames. But it's it's interesting. It's an interesting concept, and it just it looks beautiful. And um, Chloe Permoretz, right, whatever her name is, is really good in it. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a worthwhile show. Um, the pacing is a little slow sometimes, but um, I like it. Uh, I look forward to the second season when they when they get around to it. But um, yeah, uh, other than that, um, I was watching Quantum Leap on NBC for a little while, but I've kind of lost track of that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of uh, TV right now is a little slow. I'm eagerly waiting for Jack Ryan to come out on Amazon. That comes out I think in two weeks. With John Krasinski, if you uh, if you've never seen that show, that show is so good. Um, uh, you'd have to catch up on. There's two seasons already that are really good, so I look forward to this next one. And that's about it, man. What about you? Are you watching anything right now that's hot or that you has really captured you? I know you said you watched you started Tulsa King. 
Yeah, I so I just started because last week I was talking about like yeah I'm gonna start it. So I started. I watched about like uh, what was it two episodes of it. Uh, it's a good. Hey, I, I'd recommend watching it. It's cool seeing Sylvester Stallone as a mobster, and um, it's one of them shows where like put your kids put your kids away because Sylvester Stallone is a full like he is like curses like a sailor, which is amazing to watch. And it's about a guy who gets out of jail 25 years later. So this world is new to him. The mob kind of, uh, quote, unquote, banishes him. As he says it, you're banishing me. But they're relocating him to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's supposed to start his own business. They're like, the mob's kind of like, hey, you have all of Tulsa. So you can do whatever you want there. If you want start your own crew and start your own thing, and you're going to be the boss of yourself. And there's some drama I haven't got to yet. There's some dude wondering who this guy is, and like he had some trouble from New York, kind of followed out to Tulsa, and uh, you know he's a he's a mob guy that's kind of on the he's a mob guy, but he's like you can tell he's a, a mob guy with morals. He has morals about how he does things, so he's not like he's more the anti-hero. He's falling into more of an anti-hero feel. He's still like uh, there's this whole dynamic where he goes to this weed shop and he's like. Who runs these streets? Who who's in charge of this? And he's like, I'm in charge of this. He's like, show me your stuff. And the guy's like, I'm being robbed. He's like, look, I'm gonna let you know that me and you were in business with each other. Now I'll protect you. I'll make sure it's good. Like set up a whole like front on this guy. And the guy's like, hey, my business is legal. He's like, look, no, I'm gonna set this up. I'm gonna take 20 percent of your business. That's how we're gonna do it. And he opens up the safe and half a million dollars in there. And he only takes like three stacks of money. And that was it. And the guy's like, you're that's all you're gonna take it. I take it all. He's like, no, uh, we're partners. He's like, do I have a choice? No, you don't have a choice. We're partners now. And it's like, what? <laughs> so it's a lot of that, you know what I mean? And he's kind of dealing with the him just kind of just being in this new world. It's, he's by himself. His daughter's not there. It's just, it's, I'm still learning what the show's about, but it's pretty interesting. My wife was against it at first, and then she sat down, watched me. She watched me watch it, and it just kind of like slowly creeped into watching it because she's like, this is actually interesting. So. That's a good one. Rick and Morty's been great um, this season. A lot more continuity this season. Uh, this, actually, tonight is the season finale. So, um, that's going to be it for the season tonight there. So, they've, they've had, they've, they've tried a couple of different things this season, just being very constant. Um, but it's it's cool. It's supposed to be the Christmas episode. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so they had a Thanksgiving episode already this season. Now they have a Christmas one, so they're just knocking them out back to back. Um, Beyond that, not uh, beyond that, I haven't really been watching a lot. I've been working a lot of late. You know, football has been interesting. Your fantasy football teams now should be going into playoff mode uh, next week in some of these leagues. And because, yep, I think we have like another, I think we have four weeks left. Yeah, it's getting close. Football. I tell you, I, you know, it's funny. If I think if you were to go back to, um, you know, our football episode, I wasn't super enthusiastic about the season, but I tell you, man, at least as a Washington fan, wow. Washington, uh, Taylor Heineke has made Heineke. Washington good again. And I'm not gonna say it's all, I'm not gonna say it's all on him, but I mean they did they made they fixed some stuff, dude. Because I remember watching the first three games, and I'm not even gonna Wentz, put the Wentz. Yeah. Wentz wasn't like Wentz wasn't doing great, and the line was kind of collapsing at every opportunity, and they just looked bad. But then Heineke got in there or went led a one victory of, of the streak. And then Heineke got in there and it seemed like the line, they made some adjustments on the line and 
Washington has just been a lot of fun to watch. And uh, seeing and the fact that they're like in the hunt for the playoffs is mind blowing. And then that game against the Giants last weekend, like, I mean, granted, they need to clean. I think if they, if they, if they, yeah, no winner, a tie. I think if they fix the mis- a lot of the mistakes from last week, it'll be really fun to see them go back against the Giants next Sunday. They, they're they're coming off a bye this week. The Giants fought against Philly today. Looks like uh, at least when I saw the score, Philly was sweeping the floor with them at like thirty something to fourteen or something. So. I'm fairly confident the Giants lost that game. So I think if we can beat the Giants next week, that puts us in a strong contention for the playoffs. But the season has been far more exciting than I thought it was going to be. So uh, I look forward to see where the playoff where the playoff picture is. I think we need to have a show that talks about the playoffs. When we when the when the playoff picture is is set, we need to kind of sit down and kind of talk about what we think the playoff how the playoffs are going to turn out. But it looks like yeah, the yeah, East, we NFC East looks like it's the strongest contender of all of them because like. Uh, at least from a, an, an NFC standpoint, uh, is your team still the number one in your in your division? Which yes. is crazy to me because your your guys' record ain't great right now. It's literally like understand now. Teams play. I swear, teams play for their quarterbacks and like they office defenses. They play for each other because Washington at the beginning of the season, the defense played really well. The offense was not good, and the offense was bad, and the defense was like, we ain't going to try the hard. And then when Taylor Heineke came in and started giving them, like, start making plays, start being energetic, giving y'all chances to win, defense started stepping up, and y'all are extremely competitive, you know? And you, you can see the same thing for, like, every team. Tampa, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Today we got smoked 35-7 to uh, by San Francisco. Uh, not shocking because the offense was trash. And the defense was holding them in the game for a little bit. And then as soon as defense saw, like, dude, we're going to work this hard for what? No. They just let they just let it go. They, these guys are professionals. They're, they're a lot better. You can could, you could see some plays where they take off. They're overrunning plays. They're not trying. And you can see for all the teams. For whatever reason, Dallas went down to the last, like, 10 seconds. Like, not last 10 seconds. The last 40 seconds to beat the Texans. They have one win this year. And Dallas barely beat them today because sometimes when you have a chance to sometimes when everybody's inspired they're gonna play inspired football so it's interesting but playoffs are a different game it's once the playoffs happen everybody's zero zero and we've seen number one seeds get knocked off by the last seed and all that so it's 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 interesting times so like i said the last couple weeks of football nfl football to be interesting now people are there with injuries left and right and it's the weather's gonna get colder home field advantage more important so uh, I think the Bucks should make the playoffs. Technically, we should, but again, I, I don't even know how to say. It. We got to play the Bengals still. We got to play the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers one more time, and we got Arizona on Christmas. So that's that's our last four games. So we could easily go zero and four. <laughs> you know, we go two and two. If we go two and two, we're in. But if but if uh, you know Carolina won today, they beat Seattle. Mm-hmm. So. They've turned it around because they've charged their third quarterback now this year, and now they've found a new spark, and they're winning. And their replacement coach is playing for his job. Yeah, so the yeah. NFL season is interesting. Fantasy football season is interesting because I'm trying to, I'm just trying to make the playoffs in my league. I swear. So it's one of my leagues I've lost already. It was bad all year. I'm thinking I have four wins, but no league I'm doing really good in. I'm like, all right, I gotta just make the playoffs because our it's only six of us playing. So it was literally a very short window to get in the playoffs, and we're all pretty tight. But if we, if I hold out tonight, then I should be fine. 
But, nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I saw something in, in weird news. In weird news, I saw that in Germany, there was almost a coup in Germany. Really? I, I didn't know. see that. Somebody, they try to, they, the people, the, the right-wingers in, the, in Germany try to form, like, a coup, like, a, a January 6th over there, and it got shut down immediately. Like, it just, uh, immediately. They were planning on, like, storming in their capital. They were going to take people, kill people, and they're going to, like, in place this guy who was, like, in this long lineage of people that of landowners, I guess, and he was going to be there, and like the German government shut it down before he even had a chance. They just shut it down really fast. You know, Germany said, "Whatever you can do, America, we could try to do the same." And of course, Americans do everything better than everybody. So, our January six looks real, real January six. Their January six dies before it even begins. I saw that in weird news. I was like, "Yo, that's uh, that's very interesting." Right there, you had the Game Awards happen like two nights ago. Yeah, I was watching a ton of great trailers came out for that too. Like, um, I know for me, one of the games I've been watching or I'm most anticipating is a sequel to um, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, they got Jedi Survivor. That looks tight, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, What else came out? There are a couple of other game previews that they launched. You got a couple of them. You had like Death Stranding 2. That trailer came out, which is like Amazon Delivery Driver Simulator um, game because you're pretty much delivering packages. They yeah, showed yeah. a little snippet for like cyberpunk, you know. They showed a couple different things, but like you just watch it for the trailers. I'm surprised the ratings are still up there. Like the Game Awards, they hand out awards for like people that are on Twitch streamers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't do even, a lot of they do a lot of fluff now. I didn't I didn't even know it was happening. I just was like on YouTube on my subscriptions because I subscribed to IGN, and they had all these these trailers for all these games, and one of them was 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 a you know Jedi Survivor. So I popped that on, you know, and I think there's I watched a couple other trailers too that looked pretty good, but um, yeah, man, like uh, talking about games, you know, God of War still has my heart. I'm still playing, making my way through that game right now, and I, I tell you, you don't need to if, if you're you don't ever need to read any more books on fatherhood. Just play God of War, and Kratos <laughs> will teach you how to be a good father and raise a teenager, a teenage son. Now I I. I tell you, man, like that game, the way that the game unfolds and then watching the interaction between him and these two made up characters is so good, man. But yeah, so the game awards came out. Who, who won best game? Did they? I, I have no idea. That's, oh, that's okay. bad. I'm shameful. I have no idea. You brought it up. <laughs> I brought it up. The game awards was there. I'm just saying it, it did happen. I, I like, I didn't watch it. Um, I didn't watch it at all. It, like I said, it's just trailers. I just watched it. Waited just like you did. Wait for my subscriptions to show up. Like, hey, these are trailers, new trailers, and some trailer breakdowns. That's it. I'm not gonna watch. Like, the Game Awards was cooler. The here's the problem. So, the Game Awards along with E3 make me jaded. Because back in the day, uh, if you're an old school gamer like myself, you remember when like uh, was it when Killzone Two trailer came out? Do you remember that? The Killzone uh, oh, 2 yeah. trailer, yeah, the yeah, Killzone yeah. 2 trailer was amazing. It, was, it looked like a full-on movie, and you're like, "This is actual gameplay," and you're like, "What's happening?" And you're like, seeing it happen. You're like, "This is crazy. This is blowing my mind." And then the game came out, and it was nothing like that, nothing like that. And you're like, "Dude, what just happened?" You know, it, it's like, it, and that's they start doing. They start selling you on these dreams, on these trailers that are just game. They're just 
they're not even the real thing. You saw Anthem come out a year, a couple of years later. Yeah, that Anthem was, again, sucks. Anthem oh my was God, terrible. So, so and what bad. they showed us was, it felt like it was a Star Wars with robots type of thing. You're like, this is cool. And then it was nothing like that. And you're like, what happened? And then you're hearing the drama in the background. So it was like, these people just absolutely stole money. It was, it was crazy. You had uh, Gearbox. Was it Alien versus... Uh, Marines, Alien Marines game, whatever, and that game had a lot of hype. You're like, this game's gonna be amazing, but then you found out they took the funds for that game and actually spent it on Borderlands 2, and they gave us a bad game. Like, this is a bit, so it was like, we wait for trailers that look like the actual gameplay, and that's why all the trailers we saw was actually actual gameplay trailers. Yeah, you notice I, that there yeah, were no the, like just a, a stop motion like blubber. It was like no, we saw actual gameplay of these games. Every trailer showed actual gameplay that we could recognize, and we're like, all right, good. And and, only, and, and that's why I understand why the praise you give God of War, because God of War looks like one of them game trailers we talk about in the past. That's like that can be real gameplay, and you're like, yo, holy shit, that's actual gameplay. He just grabs his damn axe out of nowhere. It comes to his hand, and he just throws it at people. Like that's amazing to watch. That's Dude, what, very high entertainment. They, they just had a big update on it now too, where you can take photos. So like dudes are like taking photos like mid combat and this looks awesome. Like dudes are capturing like him cutting heads off in like slow mo and then like you know like taking a clicking a picture of it and it's just stuff like that. But they, this, that game is just beautiful. I mean, there, like there are very few games that like just engulf you. Like you know, I, I can name a couple off the top of my head. Like obviously God of War, um, you know, uh, Last of Us, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um, and uh, like the Uncharted series, like they just build a world around you, and they're and because the visuals look so good, and the characters look so good, and the gameplay is so fluid, it just man, you just you just feel like you're there. And, and God of War, man, that I can't get enough of that game. It's sad. It's, it might actually be ruining my marriage right now because every opportunity I have, I want to play it. <laughs> Even my son Red came in, he's like, Daddy, Red Dead Redemption you... Two is on sale on Steam for nineteen seventy nine. Oh, dude, buy it now. It's funny. So like my. Uh, <laughs> My wife, uh, one of her, uh, her, her, uh, the, the, her teammates, uh, you know, bought her because she like, she likes to go in and like be like, yeah, I'm a gamer, but all she does is watch me, and then she just takes what she sees and like talks to people about it. It helps her build relationships, right. which is great, yeah. you know. But at the same time, she's not a gamer, you know. So, but you know, they don't know that. So they they brought so someone got her Red Dead Redemption, and so she brought it home, and she's like. Hey, can you play this so I can see it? I was like, babe, I have this already. I've been playing. I've already beat it. Like, <laughs> and she's like, really? I was like, you don't remember? Like, I was playing this game. I would literally be holding Alex in my arms, and I'd be playing this game in the basement. You don't remember that? She's like, no. I was like, yeah, I've been playing this game forever. So, um, but yeah, it's but God of War. It's it's funny because even Alex will come in and be like, Dad, are you playing that game again? I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you play something different? <laughs> like, it's so good. What do you want me to do? It is. It's so it's good. So good. And, but yeah, you know. God of War, man. But yeah, I mean, uh, other game trailers popped. Oh, something they had the game trailer for Diablo, the new Diablo game, which that was just a cutscene. So, but it, it looks cool, yeah. like as far as cutscenes go. And then uh, they had it's um, taking fifteen years to make make me a new game. Dot. God damn it. Yeah. And then um, what else? Oh, uh, they dropped the uh, Destiny Two has a new DLC or something. They dropped that. I haven't played Destiny, season. so I haven't played Destiny in forever. Um, but. It's a new yeah. season. They just—it's just a new season. It's nothing new there. It's uh, Destiny's on the level, not on the level. I won't say it's on the level, but it's the same kind of uh, 
was it not price point but how how they do the living service type thing same as uh fortnite after a few extra few months whatever they'll have an event and it's like all right this is the new season we're doing and that's what they do like fortnite did a major update themselves on graphics and stuff like that so fortnite looks uh very advanced than it used to do but it's still it's still the same game um and all in all there um the one thing i i was i was questioning a person i worked with the other day i was like the ps5 yeah why is the ps5 so hard to get well a large part of it is because it so my understanding for PS, the reason why PS5 is so hard to get is because a lot of um, a lot of the materials in it are like those like uh, rare alloys that only like China has, Ugh. and because so the supply chains have been uh, constricted due to you know due to COVID, especially in China, because China until recently due to the protests they had recently, like they were still on like zero contact, like zero go outside, so like supply chains out of China were still really um really constricted and a lot of those rare earth metals that are required to make the chips to support ps5 come out of china so supply so the supply train is extremely slow in building them so that's why they only release them in uh in in spurts like i only got mine because um i happen to be I, I was going to exchange one day and uh, i saw this girl walking out with one and i was like holy crap do they got play ps5 she's like yeah you need to go get yourself one so I went up there, and they they had like a handful of them. And but before you can even buy one, they like they're like if you're gonna buy one, you have to buy two games and an extra controller. So you couldn't Jesus. just buy the machine. You had to buy like a bunch because that, that's how they were kind of like that's how they were like bottlenecking the demand a little bit because Whoa. if you, because if you obviously the PS5 already comes with. Hold on, you want to say hi, Alex? <laughs> um, but because I mean, even though the PS5 in itself is already expensive. That's not the price isn't enough to keep people from buying it. So to drive the demand, Alex, Alex, I need you to be quiet, buddy. Um, but because they're trying to drive the they're trying to drive the price up higher to lower the demand, so they made people buy extra games and buy an extra controller because now it drives the price from like whatever it was like six hundred, seven hundred bucks to like closer to like eight, nine, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, like holy smokes, a, a PS5 controller is like sixty dollars. Dude, yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. So, like, uh, what? and what's funny about that too is like, I can't, there aren't a lot of games these days that require, like most people that play with their friends now play online. So I can't even, I can't even think of a situation where I need a second controller. Aside from the fact now, like when I play God of War, I, I get into a good gaming stretch where my controller dies and I have the other one on backup now. That's how I, like, I have one charge on backup there you go. and I just switch to swap out controllers really quick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean the PS5 is interesting. Um, the catalog, I, I'm, I'm interested in the PS5 catalog because I saw that one thing I did see the Game Awards, they have a new Final Fantasy game coming out. Yep. Um, exclusive, and that's where like the exclusive games, exclusive games for PS5 and stuff like that to be playing major in 2023. It feels like, and it's gonna be. That's why I was wondering about PS5, like, huh? Because it's weird. I'm, I'm a computer gamer now, and mm-hmm. like computer gamers tend to like. If it's exclusive PlayStation, that means I might not ever get that game. There's games that are on PS4, like uh, Bloodborne is an exclusive mm-hmm. PS4 game, and yeah. it's never be on Steam. And like a guy at my job talks about it all the time. He's like, "This game will never come. I just want to play it." And I'm like, "Dude, just live." 
yeah <laughs> live don't let this game from 2017 stress you out yeah but, you know it, it's, I've been meaning it's interesting to, yeah I, I mean i don't do obviously i don't have a pc so i'm doing a pc gaming these days but um so i'm, I'm exclusively console one of the things I need to do is I need to link up my four, and my five, so I can transfer all my files over from my four to my five. Because like, I was able, so my external drive has a lot of games on it, but it just transfer the games, not the profiles. So like, mm. I so like if I want to play like Fallen Order or Jedi Fallen Order, for example, I gotta start from square one again. Um, yeah. So I need to get my profiles transferred, over. and you can do it by linking the two systems. I just haven't done it yet, but because um, a PS PS five has a lot of backwards compatibility apparently, so. I don't want to wait. I don't want to waste that. But yeah, I mean, I, I I've been very pleased with it. I mean, the loading time on it is almost non-existent. Like these uh-huh. games, as advanced as they are, take no time to load on that thing. It's kind of impressive. But it does run a little hot. I won't deny that. Hmm. I have to I have to make sure my cabinet is open. Otherwise, it starts beeping at me because it's getting overheated. Oh snap! I didn't know it did that. That's amazing. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, man. Uh. Unless there's some else, another topic, I think we're coming up on on the hour. Oh, I will say real quick that uh, uh again, um, rest in peace, Chrissy Alley. She passed oh, yeah. uh, earlier this week, which is crazy. Like, I mean, talk about a an icon, you know, for us growing up. I mean, I mean, you know, starting with Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan, and Cheers, and uh, what else? Talking, oh, yeah, look who's talking, and all those movies, and. I mean, she was definitely an icon of like the '80s and '90s, um, and definitely one of those early crushes too. Like, I remember Chrissy Alley was always like, you know, that hot, sexy one, you know, in those in those movies. So, she yeah, was, I mean, uh, she was in a what's the name of Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, that's Kevin right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's uh, she was 71. She fought a a, a quiet battle with cancer. Yeah. Before she yeah, that's 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 sad. Um, it was it was funny like. Marcy was just reminding me on text, like you guys should definitely mention this. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, you know, her, 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 she reminded me her debut film is Route the Con, which she was fantastic in. Uh, you know, her role as Savic and seeing a female Vulcan on screen was huge. Uh, she plays it very well. Um, she would then go on to hand over that role to another actress in Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four. But um, you know, she, you know, I think she, she's definitely one of those memorable actresses who kind of. She, I think later on she had a struggle with her weight, if I remember correctly. Which she, yeah, I know she, she you know, struggled weight off and on. Yeah, it was like it like it was like crash diets, and then she yeah. was big on the Weight Watchers in the late nineties. Yeah, she like had that. a reality show for a while that kind of highlighted that or drew attention to it. I think she, you know, so but I mean, it sounds like she always kept good spirits though, despite everything that was going on with her. And um, you know, sad to hear that you know she, you know, she had cancer and passed. But uh, seventy one is too young, man. But. Yeah, in this world, it is very much too young. So, you know, RIP. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, other than that, brother, how you got anything else going on this week? Anything to look uh, forward to? This week, uh, not really. Christmas is barreling down here, and buying gifts is not easy. <laughs> I swear, buying gifts used to be easier, and now it's like it's just harder and harder because, you know, things are, I, I guess things are, uh, I would say, they're built better now because they don't break as fast. So it's like, oh, things you would normally buy is like, oh, this actually survived two years, three years, four years. People are like, I got several of these. I don't need this. I don't need that. A Bluetooth speaker lasts forever, it feels like nowadays. So it's like trying to buy a gift for my mother-in-law, my mom, and also it's just tough to do. It is, um, yeah. Yeah, we um, 
you know, it's weird. My mom's like, well, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I don't need anything. You know, I mean, I'm an adult. You know, if I want something, I go get it. Um, so I, I'm like, just buy gifts for Alex. Uh, my sister and her husband, like, you know, I got their kids some stuff. Um, that's where I tend to spend most of the money on Christmas is just the nephews. And then I think I, you know, I got Lisa and Chris kind of the same thing. I got them last year. I won't say here in case they happen to hear it, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Christmas is, you know, it's amazing how fast it's stuck up on you, on you, on us. Um, I did a little Christmas shopping while I was in Newport. And I will say this, it was nice being in Newport just because it felt like Christmas. Like, you know, I, I enjoyed having the winter air and I don't know, just something about the way they decorate out there. This, you know, um, it just feels more Christmassy than here. Like, um, Hawaii does its best. Like we actually went to this really cool, um, here just on the street, they have what's called show Aloha and it's like a big light display that they put up and they like, it's the third year they did it. Um, the previous two years, they kind of focused on just the drive through light display, but this year they expanded it by adding, uh, they have a snow room and a bubble room and they've got bounce houses that are like next level. Um, but it was funny. Like I was like, Oh, let's go check out the snow room. So we went in the snow room and the, the snow had become basically just a giant block of packed ice at this point. So like you, like you can tell there are kids who have no, have never seen snow before. So they're picking up like these blocks of ice basically they started like, oh, so let's have a snowball fight. And they're like pegging each other. No, well, this one girl got hit in the face, that. Like, yeah. crying. Like I was like, this is yeah, you guys not don't with that. This is not. <laughs> this is not safe. Like they're whizzing these things. Yeah, people are picking up these blocks of ice and making like snowmen with them. And I'm just, and I just, I could decide. I just laughed. It was hilarious, but you know, it was something. Um, but you know how Hawaii tries. Like they, you know, they put the lights. People put their lights up and everything, and it's very nice. But and to me, it doesn't feel like winter until like I'm. I'm, you know, there's, I can see my breath, and I'm eating a warm bowl of of, crack, of a clam chowder in a tavern, and they got the garland up. It just, I don't know, it felt more Christmassy, and it got me in the spirit being up there too, like being in Newport and seeing the the, the Christmas tree up all lit, and you know, people all bundled up. It just felt more like Christmas uh, than being out here. So I'm back. I'm officially in the spirit. Like I came home. I put my lights up outside, so I got the lights up outside and everything, and. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Did you do you, you have you done a yeah. ton of decorating yeah, or the, what? Yeah, we got the lights up. We got we got a tree up. Everything's good to go finally. Nice. nice. Are, are you guys? I, I, I can't remember if we talked about this. Are you a real Christmas tree person or a fake? I can't remember. I'm a fake. I'm a, uh, we talked about. It. I'm a fake tree guy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Same I'm all here. about the fake tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now nah, you leave that tr- real stuff outside. Real trees yeah. stay outside. Yeah, I we're like trying it. to figure out what we're uh, now. Like, we're, we're trying to settle on what we're gonna do our, our, our for our Christmas dinner because Marcy kind of pulled the rug out from under me. I wanted to do prime rib, smoked prime rib, but she's like, "Well, I don't want prime rib this year," and I was like, Ugh. "She's like, I want uh, ham," and I was like, "Ah, oh, we do ham all the time," and uh, so I want to do something different. So I think we're gonna lean toward doing roasted. We're gonna do like roasted Cornish game hens or something like that, which is really just mother, chicken. Cornish hen. She's going to she's going to cook, so I don't have to worry about cooking. Whatever. Oh, it must be nice. Um, there's like <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. I mean. I used to I used to cook pot roast every year for Christmas, but I mean I remember, yeah, that's right. You know, she doesn't cook it now. That's fine. I'm gonna bring a dessert because last last Thanksgiving we'd have a dessert, so I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? So I need to make sure the dessert game is ready to go um, for this family meal here. A little simple situation there. Um, we have some aunts from Florida. They fly up. My, my, oh, nice. My wife's side of the family, they fly up. So yeah, we kind of hang out the house on Christmas Eve and like Christmas and what. Is your mom so, coming down? Uh yeah, she's planning on making an appearance. Nice. And is it 
Is it okay for I can edit this out if you want, but is it okay if I ask how the pregnancy is going? Uh, it's uh, it's going, it's going uh, good so far. She's been pretty, you know, sick. Um, we have an appointment Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Appointment Wednesday with that. So nice. We'll see how that goes. You know, you know, just one day at a time. With yeah, I hear you, man. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. There. You know, um, yeah. I think I think that's it, really. You know, next week let's um. You know, next Sunday uh, it'll be the our last cast of 2022, uh, with uh, Christmas falling on a Sunday, and then you have New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, uh, is New Year's Eve on a Sunday, or is New Year's? Day uh, no, New, New Year's, Year's Day, Day is on a Sunday, Sunday, but they're observing New Year's Day, right. I think, on Monday the second. So I think everybody's off right. on a second, but well, no, yeah, we'll right, definitely. Right. So, uh, so maybe next weekend so we do. Day, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe next weekend we do our uh, our top five or top ten holiday films um, of all time, and maybe even talk about like Christmas traditions uh, that we're bringing to the family. Because I know, like, I- I'm cu- I'm curious for you too. Like, I know for us, like, Marcy and I had very different um, ideas about how to spend Christmas. You know, just just by like nature of the fact that we were just you know different, raised differently, and um you know also we were you know we were now married so we wanted to have our own do our have our own traditions as well uh so i'm curious how that you know what would as a newly married man and you're being this your first christmas with the you know as with the family how that how that changes or how that shapes how you see christmas now too so okay all right yeah you know what i mean i might see if um i want to see if my wife's up to it man I might join in on this uh yeah let's do it. i'll see if marcy wants there. to pop in too because i know she we have she there's a lot of christmas movies that she likes a lot too so so i mean get a get a nice little nice little nice little conversation on these movies here that's right the christmas special christmas special <laughs> yes sir all right all right brother well hey man you have a good week with that being said right, everybody i'm mr fig i'm mr lock everybody take it easy all right good night